we'll just get going. Hi, everybody. I'm Wendy Murdoch, and this is Webinars with Wendy. I've been doing a series of webinars during the pandemic, and as of March 19th, I've now been off the road officially for a year. Have not been on an airplane, have not uh, really been away from home, and it's uh, I have to say, it's been quite amazing not to get on airplanes. Now, of course, I miss all my friends around the world, um, but that's the beauty of Zoom is that I get to talk to you guys right here in the comfort of my own home and catch up with everybody. Just had a great conversation earlier today with some folks from Germany. Um, right now, I would have been at Equitana in Essen, Germany, and um, it's a huge, huge show. It's so amazing. It's nine days non-stop from 10 to 6 the trade shows open with two arenas in every building constantly going with training and education and demonstrations and then this big show at night called the hop top show which is like Cirque du Soleil meets Disneyland so Equitana is amazing um and you know I was kind of curious when it's going to happen again if they were going to try and put it in 2022 but it turns out that the schedule for these kinds of events at these types of event centers, and this is the huge Messe Essen in Essen, Germany, it's an enormous um, trade show grounds. Um, they're, they book 10 years out. So we won't be back there until 2023, because this is 2021. Um, but I'm already looking forward to it. If you have never been to Equitana and you are a horse loving shopper, <laughs> This is the place to go. And I had talked about putting together a um, um, Equitana Safari, kind of like what we do with our horseback safaris to Kenya, um, but instead have it at Equitana and organize a translator. So maybe maybe this will give me some time to get that together because if you have, if you want to go to the greatest expo on earth, it is Equitana in Essen, Germany. It is just fantastic. And the quality of training and demonstrations and the stuff. Um, on my Murdoch Method YouTube channel, I actually videoed every day I walked through the floor and videoed a different building. Um, so if you want to kind of get an idea of what Equitana is like, just go over to the Murdoch Method YouTube channel and just scroll down to the, um, the videos from 2019, which is the last time we were there. Um, and you can get a taste of Equitana. And that doesn't include the Hop Top Show, which is amazing. Okay, so um, that said, spring is coming, and um, I've been getting a lot of questions this spring about how to use Surefoot with laminatic horses. Um, and while we all really want to avoid laminitis, it is something that we really need to think about um, and and have a plan. So um, I can tell you a little bit about. Uh, one of the horses that I'm working with, I'm just looking for her pictures here because I didn't have them queued up. Um, so one of the, I trim three horses now since I've been off the road. Um, my own horse, Al, who's a Clyde Thoroughbred Cross, um, a Welsh Cobb, Dunny, who has clubby feet. And I just had the, the vet out yesterday to do my annual ready grass of my horse's feet. Um, which Ann Ramsey and Dr. Kelleher have both recommended as a great thing to do annually to just, you know, have them on hand, know what your horse's feet look like, and then be able to show those to your uh, farrier or trimmer so that they can see what's going on. So I had the vet come out yesterday and do the annual radiographs, and I have sent them off to be looked at by my 
support staff. Um, since I trimmed myself, I've sent them off to a couple of professionals to have a look and give me some guidance on my trim. Um, and the one horse, uh, the third horse is Kid, and she had a terrible bout of laminitis. Uh, I think it was a year ago, Christmas. I think it was Christmas. Well, that should help me find the pictures. Um, a year ago, Christmas. And she, um, she's a horse that has PPID. So she's 24. Um, she's Connemore thoroughbred. She's always been a little sensitive uh, on the grass. We always had to be very careful and keep her muzzled. Um, and this was a winter founder. Um, it happened, I'm pretty sure it happened at Christmas actually. And I will find her pictures here. Oh, I think they're coming up. I, I have too many pictures in my photo library and I'm not good about um, clearing them out. Um, so that just makes it a little more difficult to find stuff when I'm looking for it. And, oh, that's should be right there. Um, but I'll keep searching. Um, sorry, I'm, I, I should have been better prepared today. Um, let me just go. I thought I had the right file, but I'm not finding the pictures. So let me just go another way to find them. So basically, um, you know, she, she came down pretty acutely with laminitis. And... Um, and we started using the pads. Now, if, oh, here she is. If you have any pads, like if you have a horse that is showing signs of laminitis, obviously you wanna call your vet, you wanna get treatment as fast as you can um, because if you don't know exactly what you're dealing with, you don't wanna wait. And um, things can go south really quickly. So, you know, um, the good news for this horse is she's owned by a vet. She's actually owned by, Doc, here it is, by Dr. Harmon. Um, I found the pictures. So it was wintertime. And as you can see, she was, she's pretty, um, pretty furry. In fact, even this spring, um, I've been noticing that her coat almost is kind of um, felted, almost woolly. And um, you know, she is an older horse. She uh, is being treated. Um, she's doing way better. And I'm going to talk about some of the things that we've done. Um, but what we did was we offered her surefoot pads. And I don't know that this is uh, necessarily the, this is not the first night. Um, because the first night we just had a pair of slants at the barn, yellow slants, which are firm slants. And we offered those to kid. And her right front is worse than her left front. She's got a little bit of rotation there, actually. We just saw in the x-rays, but not too bad. And she would um, really point that leg forward. She didn't, let me just see if I can pause this and find those initial pictures. Um, she would really put the leg forward and she wasn't sure about putting any weight on it. Um, and she was really quite uncomfortable um, no, I don't think we took pictures. I think Joyce took pictures the first night and then I didn't have my camera. So we'll just go back to the pictures I have. Um, but she was, she was really quite uncomfortable at first night. And you can see here's her muzzle, her Harmony Equine muzzle sitting there on the ground. So it wasn't like she didn't have a muzzle on, but 
Um, you know, when you have a horse that's prone, um, it, they can turn on a dime. They can turn pretty quickly. So what Joyce would do is she'd come down into the barn and she would put Kid on her surefoot pads and she um, would basically, I think she even brought her laptop down because she had other things to do, but the mayor would stand on the surefoot pads for about an hour. Now I know I've always cautioned people about making sure you keep the duration really short. You don't wanna cause muscle soreness and that sort of thing. So in this particular case, she'd been on pads before, but also she was not swaying. She was just standing. And so the swaying is what you want to really um, be watchful for, because when they're swaying, they're working the little tiny postural muscles. But you can see that she's got her head pretty much in the middle at this point, which was a big deal. Um, and we've got her on the firm slants in front. And we had a pair of hard in the barn. So we just put her on hard pads behind. And Joyce would just let her stay there for about an hour. And that's how long she wanted to stay. But again, as you know, I know I'm always saying short duration, um, she was quiet. She wasn't swaying. She was getting a lot of comfort, a lot of relief. And I think that that's the difference when you have these painful horses and you see that they're getting relief, you just keep a really close eye on them and make sure that um, everything's going okay. And you can see that she's got that right front a little more pointed forward than her left front, but she was actually, um, she would actually take that right front and put it in front of the edge of the mat here when she was first, um, when we caught her first. So she was really quite uncomfortable in the beginning. Um, and then <laughs> here you go. She's um, clearly really happy. And, and again, it was winter time, it was wet and rainy, but you can see how her coat has this like curly sheep wool um, appearance to it. Um, so um, there she made a slant with her hind foot. So this is a hard pad and she just dropped her toe off and she made a slant. And here you can see where she's pointing that right front. She took it off the pad and she just pointed it. Um, but this indicated to me that she would like a slant behind. And so we offered her the slant here. It's on the diagonal right front left hind. Um, she wasn't ever going to go anywhere. This horse, uh, she just wanted to stand on those pads and wasn't interested in moving. Movement was painful. She was walking really short, really slow. Um, uh, let me just, oh good, I am. Let me just go back to that again. So, uh, you know, she was really uncomfortable, um, but we were doing surefoot pads nightly. Um, and um, she would just really stand there very quietly. And Joyce did this probably, I'm gonna say at least five, five nights. Um, she would just come and set her up on the pads. And then when she wanted to step off, she would step off. So surefoot can be so helpful in laminitis and it can be helpful in the acute phase and it can be helpful in the chronic phase. And that's another horse, so I'll stop share there. Um, and so, you know, I always get this question, which pad should I use? My horse is laminitic, which pad should I use? So we're gonna have a webinar with Daisy Bicking just on laminitis. Um, but when we've had webinars with Daisy, her recommendation has typically been that if it is wall pain, you want soft. And if it's sole pain, you want hard. And the thought behind that is 
if you have sole pain and you give them something too soft, it's too squishy. There's not enough support. So that's where you'd want to use the hard pads. If it's wall pain, you want to offer comfort. Now, we didn't have a pair of soft at the barn. Um, we had the firm slants and she really liked the firm slants. So we didn't see any reason to shift her off of that because she was getting a lot of relief. She would stand there for a long period of time, illustrating that she was really comfortable. Um, and so we just stuck with that. So this is where if you have any pad at all and you see a horse that looks like they might be laminitic, give it a shot. Um, the physio pad is great because you've got that inch of hard and the half inch of medium. So that's a really handy pad. Um, and actually, I'll talk about that in a minute. Um, people have asked me about colic. So I want to talk about how you can use your foot for colic. Um, but basically, you know, this is what we did for her. Now, um, I have had the opportunity, seeing that I am home, to practice what I'm learning. So you all are watching these webinars and I'm here for every single one. Um, and there's so much valuable information to be gained from these webinars that is practical and that you can apply. So uh, one of the first people that I had, if you recall last year was Dr. Robert Belker and he talked about um, you know, the foot and the function and trimming. And so you know, I would watch his webinar and then I'd go out and I'd start working on this horse. And um, let me just queue up her foot pictures before I share my screen. Um, and so um, she was being trimmed by someone else and um, which was a good thing because, you know, I was not home most of the past several years. And then um, because I was home and because of the webinars, I thought, well, it would be really interesting to see what I can do to improve on her foot balance. So I was using the information from these webinars. I think it was around May. Just have to find when I started um, trimming her. And I was using the pad to help me um, see what her foot was like. Oh yeah, I'm getting there. I'm really sorry I didn't have this organized ahead of time. So please bear with me. Um, looking at all my beautiful flowers from last year. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, and then, um, oh yeah. Here we go. Okay. So let me share my screen again. It's the thing when I have a guest, as I can work on finding pictures while they're talking. Okay. So um, I wanted to see if I could use the hard pad to help kind of give me some uh, idea of what the bottom of her foot was like in terms of load, um, how she was standing. And so this is her front feet. And let me just make this big. Okay. And it's a bit backlit, but well, there's other pictures coming up and this was her hind feet. And here you can see just how much more she's standing on her right hind than her left hind. And while when we saw the radiographs yesterday, we didn't see any uh, bony changes, no rotation or anything in her back feet. She was uncomfortable in her back feet as well. And it looks to me like here that she's standing on the foot that's most comfortable, which is the right hind. And that's the one that seems to have the least impact. Okay, so this is just looking at her foot from the rear. And that's her back feet. 
Again, there's her back feet. This should be her front feet. Um, and then, and this, yeah, she was uh, clearly softening from that. Here's just a little video of her. Um, and as you can see, she's an older mare. Um, we forgot how old she was until Joyce actually did some math and found out she was 24. Um, but we get the really nice licking and chewing. So this is in April um, when I started to, to work with her and I started by putting her on surefoot pads again and just seeing how she stood. And I have her on four hard pads here. So, you know, this is where um, you can use the different densities and still have a huge effect. You can see in this case, you know, we're getting a lot of yawning, a lot of softening and licking and chewing and um, relaxation from the hard pads. So, um, I just started there because what I wanted to do was to get this impression of the bottom of her feet. And uh, there's just some yawn pictures. And then I just said, okay, let's look at what we've got. And so I just lined up the four feet to see what I've got. You know, and it um, from, from this impression, it looks like this right front was her worst foot. And you can see that there's a... a a lot of stuff going on here. She had um, the lamellar, uh, what does Daisy call it? You know, the matrix that they formed to kind of glue the hoof wall back to the foot. Um, she had a lot of that in this foot. Um, and you can see that there was separation. And, you know, here's the foot that she was standing on most comfortably. And it of the four feet, it's got the best print. Um, so one of the things that I was curious about was could I from these pictures measure and get a sense of the size of her foot in relation to the print on the pad. So here you can see what her foot looks like. Um, I'm pretty sure that's left front because there's another leg over there. Um, and I was just using my ruler, which is something that Dr. Bowker had told us to do is get a ruler. Unfortunately, that ruler is broken and I need to get another ruler for the barn, but get a ruler and measure the, the foot at the widest point and the length of the foot. And so that's what I was doing is I'm trying to get a baseline on my foot. Now I have not gone back and, and taken photos of, of measuring her foot again, but I really need to do that. And now since we've got the radiographs, I'm gonna soul map her with Daisy's um, protocol, which we did a webinar on for soul mapping. Um, one of the things that was consistent from the radiographs is that I need to do a little better job on the lateral wall on all the feet. It was very consistent, not too much, but very consistent. So I got a confirmation on my trim um, that I need to do a better job on the lateral walls. Um, but here I'm just trying to see, can I measure the foot and then compare that to the measurement that I had on the pad? So let me just kind of scroll forward here. Um, and then I measured the pad and it was pretty accurate. Um, one of the things, cause sometimes it's not so easy to measure a horse's foot. Like if you're trying to measure for a boot and we're gonna have a woman come on a webinar um, in April and talk about how to measure your horse for boots, for boots to go out riding and that sort of thing. So stay tuned on that. Um, but just, you know, sometimes it's not easy to hold the foot up and measure it. So my question was, can I, find an accurate measure from using the pad impression to the measure of the foot itself. And the caution is if you see this little line here, 
So the, when the foot comes down on the pad, it's gonna give, right? But the wall was here. And then the pad has a little bit of a give and a little give line. And this might actually be my bevel on my trim, to be honest. Um, I'd have to go back and look. But it's, it's, it can give you an idea. And you just need to kind of play with it a little bit to figure out, especially if they pick up their foot and move it, um, that you have a clean impression of the foot and that you're measuring in the same way. So it would be easy to measure from here to here, from the, you know, the back of the frog to the toe. But then when you measure the foot itself, that you measure a little further back because that didn't show up on the pad. So you just want to kind of get a handle on it um, and, a, and a rough idea. But you can see that it is going to create an option for how to measure your horse's feet. Um, and here, oh yeah. So, um, this is me doing my trim and I stuck on a half physio pad and I think I was, I didn't have a lot at the time. So I left the wrapper on um, and it worked just fine. Um, but using that physio pad while I was trimming her, especially on this right front, because she was so uncomfortable. Um, and this is just uh, that right front. She's on her physio pad on the left front. Um, and you can see that there's a, a lot of work to be done on this foot, but this is the most painful foot. And it's really, really improved. Um, I can show you the radiographs. There's the print she made on the physio pad in the plastic. Um, um, I, I can't read radiographs, uh, but if you'd like, I can show you those radiographs because I have them here. Um, let me just scroll forward to yesterday. And anybody, if there's anybody out there watching this who is a professional um, and able to read radiographs, I know I downloaded them. Where are they? Oh, did they not show up on this computer? Well, they haven't gotten over to this computer. Sorry about that. Oh, wait, I have another place I can find them. Do, do, do. But her feet look really good. And um, no, essentially, I have just followed all the instructions that uh, you know I've gotten from all these webinars on how to improve my trim um, to make her more comfortable. And I guess what I'm trying to say to everybody is, you know, it's if you have the time and you're willing to make mistakes and not make enormous mistakes, obviously, you know, like um, if I made a mistake on my trim or I had somebody that could always look um, and to go gently so that you don't ever get yourself too far uh, in a hole. Um, it's, it is such an experience to, to do your own horses and to, you know, I mean, I don't, I'm not going to make a career out of this, but it's an education. And that's really what's happened is I've, I've made an education out of it. Um, so this is kid. Um, and we'll just get to her. Let's see. That's right front. P. There's her left front foot. Um, and, and everybody was like, this looks really great. And um, you can, you don't see a lot of the laminitic 
changes that you might expect to see. And here's her um, right front foot. And so, you know, what do I attribute that to? I attribute that to do, doing what I have been learning here is practicing what all these fantastic guests have been talking about, um, particularly all my hoof guests, Ida Hammer, Daisy Bicking, Bob Bowker, and taking to heart their information, grabbing that ruler, using my surefoot pads, um, you know, going slowly, taking pictures, sending my pictures off. Now I'm going to do more with soul mapping since Daisy's been so generous to do a webinar on soul mapping. Um, but this was a horse that was barely able to walk into the barn. And now she trots and canters in the field and she'll trot into the barn over the driveway and on the hard surface. So, um, you know, when you can help your horse friends and really make a difference using this information, it's just, it's so rewarding. Um, and, and yeah, there, I mean, I've been trimming my own horses for a long time and I've had Dr. Harmon there because I can ask her, especially on her horse, how's this look, you know, should I make a change? But there are a lot of people that are available that you can do a consult with to send pictures, get advice, you know, ask how your trim's going, make that modification to um, improve. And the only way we improve is by getting in there. Um, and so, you know, I am so grateful to all of my guests for being so generous with their knowledge and their time to impart that to me. And this is the fruits of my labor is the kid who was in April, she was so uncomfortable walking into the barn and um, just picking up that rash. I don't use nippers. <laughs> I don't take anything off the sole. Um, you know, I only use a, I, I, I say I'm a filer. I'm not really a trimmer. I'm a filer and, um, and I file their feet and um, I can do it frequently, which is really, really helpful because then it never gets so far away from me and I can do a little bit and come back the next day and she's not being ridden. So, you know, when I go over to feed at night, um, I watch her walk in, I take a look at her feet. Um, in the wintertime, they've obviously slowed down um, and I do a little trim or I can stick her on a surefoot pad and see how she feels about that. Um, and it's, again, it's just been a real education. So that said, does anybody have any questions about using surefoot with a laminitic horse or a sore horse? You can just pop it in the Q&A or the chat or any comments, anybody else worked on their own horses? Um, if you have and you wanna raise your hand, I can just ha uh, let you, uh, I can click on the raised hand and let you talk about that. So if you've had personal experience, great. Um, I can uh, get over here, uh, there we go. All right, Melody, you're on. Oh, you got to unmute yourself, though. <laughs> okay. Oh, you're still muted, Melody. You just have to unmute. Can you hear me now? Yeah, we can hear you. How about a horse that has lymphangitis in both hocks? Oh, that's a really good question. So um, I personally haven't worked with a horse with lymphangitis. Um, I'm trying to think of if any... I have heard of somebody, it's been a while, so I can't quite remember. Um, you know, the beauty of this is the, you're not gonna do any harm. 
Um, and the other day, somebody, it's kind of why we wound up doing the webinar with Ida Hammer on abscesses is somebody on Facebook um, had started using Surefoot and their horse came down with an abscess and they wondered if Surefoot could cause the abscess. And the answer is no. Um, Surefoot is not gonna cause something like that. And it's not gonna cause lymphangitis, but you know, it does increase circulation. And that's one of the things that we think is why we're seeing that relaxation. And so in my thought, increased in, um, circulation would be good for lymphangitis just to get things moving. And those little tiny movements that the horse does when they're on the pads. So, so I would say that it's worth a try. I might even use like hard slants under the back feet but I'd keep the session short at first to make sure the horse is okay and kind of track it. So if you say you go out today and you put the horse on pads and, you know, if the horse is used to pads, maybe no more than, you know, three to four minutes and, um, and then just kind of track it and see if it, if it gets better. You're, I certainly don't think you're going to do any harm. So I think, that, you know, if that's the question, it's worth the shot. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for talking. All right, anybody else have any questions or anything they wanna um, bring up about anything that we talked about so far? Oops. There we go, we gotta get back to, there we go. Okay, so the other place that Surefoot can be really, really helpful is with colic. Um, and we have had, um, can't even, I haven't kept total count of the number of times that people have used Surefoot for colic. But um, the very first horse that I ever did Surefoot with, his name was Dante. And um, about a year or two later, I saw his owner um, and we were talking and she was saying how Dante had colic one day and she had done T-touch and belly lifts and um, I, I, I think even some banamine and you know, she called her vet, of course, call your vet. Um, and he wasn't improving. And then she had her pads there. And so she just put him on pads. And she said, within a few minutes, he was fine. Now, do I think that Surefoot's going to solve every colic case? Absolutely not. But do I think that Surefoot is certainly worth a shot if you have a horse that's colicking? Absolutely. Um, I actually had personal experience with a horse. I was giving a lesson and this horse was colicking and I had a full physio pad with me and we would just walk him over to the full physio pad, have him stand on it. And when he needed to move, we let him move. Now, sadly, that horse didn't make it. Uh, but what the owner did tell me was that she really thought that the pad helped at least calm him to some degree until the vet could get there. So, you know, when you think about the, the level of relaxation that we see when horses are standing on pads and colic is a stressful, painful experience, anything we can do to reduce that stress, to make the horse more comfortable, to ease the, any pain is well worth it. Um, Kid, the horse that I just showed you uh, with the laminitis, one day she was colicky. And so um, Joyce was there, she was treating her and I was at the barn and we just offered her surefoot pads and she wouldn't stand on them for long periods of time, but she would definitely stand on them. And this is a horse that had colicked in the past, uh, again, sort of that same kind of colic. And Joyce really felt that the duration, the intensity were both reduced from using Surefoot. Now, um, 
just after I did a workshop for Ida Hammer and her people in, was in Illinois in October, 2019, I think. I've lost track of time. Um, somebody got a half physio pad. And that night at the barn where they were at, this horse colicked. And so they took the half physio pad and they put it under each hoof for five minutes. And by the time they got done, the horse was fine. Um, so, you know, we never know what's causing the colic and you always want to call your vet when your horse is calling. The, the, what you want to be able to do is call your vet and say your horse is fine as he's coming, right? That's really what you want to be able to do. Um, but you want to make sure that your vet's on the way. And so you can use the surefoot pads and, um, and, and help that horse. Now, the easiest pad to work with if a horse is colicking is the half physio pad just because of its size and the two densities, um, but any pad will do. And this is where it's, you know, just get going, just offer it. If the horse doesn't want it, they'll walk off, they won't stay on it. Um, but if they do want it, you've brought them comfort. You've brought them something that's gonna make them feel better. And so this is really, um, we kind of think of that physio pad, we almost think of it as an emergency pad. I don't know if I can pull up that picture. Um, and we saw that um, at the World Equestrian Games in Tryon a couple of years ago, where I sent uh, a whole bunch of pads down to the attending farriers. So there was a head farrier, um, James Gilchrist, and a team. And I think they were stationed around different locations um, uh, for the event. And um, they were supposed to, um, after the event was over, those all those pads were supposed to go to Hoof Summit to be auctioned off in the silent auction. And none of the pads arrived at Hoof Summit. <laughs> they all wound up in some farrier's vehicle, um, which is fine because that means it's helping horses. But this one horse that was um, at the WEG, I think it was a Danish horse, um, they got an alert that a horse was in trouble and they were sending him over to James and he couldn't get there immediately. So they had the half physio pad and they had the horse, they stood the horse on the half physio pads, two of them, never took the wrappers off, just put the horse straight on them. And um, basically he said that that was the only reason that they, here's the picture. It bought him enough time to get the treatment that the horse needed to take care of him, to save him. So um, you can see looking at these fetlocks that they look kind of swollen. And I can't remember exactly what was going on with the horse at the time. Um, I did speak to Mr. Gilchrist um, later about it because I had heard this story and I called him to talk to him about it. Um, but he was um, very clear that he felt that the surefoot pads had really bought him the time he needed to get the treatment that the horse needed without the horse getting worse. So, um, you know, it's just a handy tool to have in your kit. It's a handy tool to have in your trailer or in your emergency kit or in your car. Um, or if you, you know, if I fly somewhere and I can only take one pad, I'm gonna take one of these with me. I'm gonna make sure I have a half physio in my bag. Um, because you just never know when you're going to come across a situation where you need it. And it's not just for horses. It can be for people. So 
Um, I know I've shared the story before where I was in New Zealand and this woman had had a head injury from a couple weeks before she came off her horse and she was still having headaches. And I, um, she wanted me to do surefoot with her horse. So while I was doing that, I gave her the half physio pad and I said, here, stand on this. And in minutes, her headache went away. And then she went home that day and slept really deeply. And she slept really deeply that night. And I saw her two weeks later and she was so much better. So we've had a number of reports now where people stood on this half physiopad or physiopad um, and had uh, an alleviation of symptoms, um, which is fantastic. So, um, and you know, if you're, if you're um, nervous or anxious or you want some comfort, we have people that actually put it in front of their sink, some farriers, they never put a horse in their pad. They uh, put it in front of their sink and they stand on it doing the dishes. Um, I actually use that physiopad recovering from surgery um, I had had a bone spur removed and I couldn't stand on my left leg for three weeks after surgery. I just couldn't, I had to hold on to something. And I was about to go down to Costa Rica to teach on retreat. And I was washing my pads to clean them up, to put them in my bag, to take them to, New, uh, to Costa Rica. And I was like, wow, I wonder what would happen if I just stood on this. And so I plopped it on the floor and I stepped on it and I could stand on my left foot without holding on for 15 seconds. And then I'd step onto the floor and I couldn't stand on my left leg at all without holding on. I'd step back on the pad and I could. And so that pad went in my bag and went into my room when I got down to Costa Rica. And every morning when I got up, I would stand on my physio pad just to get me going, to get me started. So um, they can be really handy for you as well as for your horse. All right. Does anybody have any questions for me today? You're all such a quiet audience. Um, let's see what I've got for pictures. Uh, well, I don't know if it'll show up on this. Uh, this is a lovely video. Um, let me drop the sound off. Let me just do a screen share. Oops, wrong thing to do. do, do. So we've talked about using Surefoot for laminitis and colic. And for us, um, this was over in Germany just after Equitana um, in 2019. Um, and this is Jan Treppo, who is a Grand Prix rider um, in Germany. And he's a really lovely rider and it was a really lovely horse. And I just went there to, because we had been at Equitana and we'd been talking about Surefoot. We'd been talking about, you know, what Surefoot can do for horses um, and in training. And so um, I had him ride, I watched him ride. I'm not sure where we're at at this point in this video, This whether this was the before, this is kind of a long video here, but I'll just let it play. Um, and, uh, love the stories in the photos <laughs> and the videos. Okay, great. So I'll just keep going. Um, but, you know, it, this was a lovely combination. He's a very kind rider. She's a very lovely mare. You can see that lovely tail swish. Um, and I just wanted him to see what Surefoot could do um, because he'd heard about it. And so we spent the afternoon and I worked with her and he, I would put pads underneath her feet and then he would ride and I'd put more pads underneath her feet and he would ride. Um, and you can see he's very square, very straight, very even. Um, there's a lovely rhythm to the horse. But the thing that was 
really, really fascinating. And what he said to us afterward is he said that I no longer have to train. I simply get to ride. And I just thought that was such an interesting comment because, you know, the good riders don't even um, half the time, they're not even aware when they are helping the horse or aiding the horse or putting the horse in a better balance or just redistributing the horse's weight. And, you know, he's a very good rider. Um, he's very aware of what he's doing. And he could feel that as we continued with Surefoot, he didn't have to help her, that she was in better balance, that she was more able to help herself. Um, and then he just simply had to guide her through the movements. And so, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, an older horse, laminitic horse, a horse that's, um, you know, uh, just starting out or a horse that's this level, which is very high level, um, Surefoot can be super beneficial for every horse. And I think that that's, uh, you know, if it's got a hoof, it can be helpful with Surefoot. Um, but not all horses like Surefoot. And I think that that's also something important to talk about that um, I was just speaking, by the way, with Nishan Cook on the phone before I started this webinar. It's a little why I uh, was, wasn't so prepared. Um, and he called me because he was so excited. And Nishan works a lot with horses that have um, had trials in their life. So I'm just gonna stop this for a second because you're gonna get distracted watching this mare. <laughs> um, but Nishan, uh, and if you go to Facebook and you look, I posted it, reposted it up on the Surefoot Equine page. Um, Nishan has had a horse for four years <laughs> Thanks. Um, somebody loves the interview I did with him. I'm sure I'm going to be doing more after this. So he's had this horse for four years and the horse, even to, to see the, have the saddle pad, never mind the saddle, but just have the saddle pad put on his back was uh, really stressed out. Um, and so, you know, I, 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 he won um, one of the contests that we did. And so I sent him a pair of half physio pads because given the horses that he's dealing with, I thought that would be the best place for him to start was with the half physio pads. So I sent him a pair um, as his prize. And uh, what he did was he's working with this horse that he has known for four years and who's still struggling to have relaxed being saddled. Um, and he put the horse on the physio pads and the horse went dreamy and the horse is standing there with a saddle pad on his back and could care less. And Nishan was blown away. <laughs> He's totally blown away. So he called me today and uh, we had a lovely chat just before we got started with the webinar. And um, he really wants to create a plan and to chronicle uh, how he progresses with this horse and others using Surefoot because he's, you know, he's, if anybody hasn't seen his uh, webinar, his interview, it's, it's really great. Um, and his, his, you can feel the kindness in his soul. It comes through in all of his words and, and what he talks about. Um, and so he, he's really trying to do right by the horses. And this is now a tool in his kit that can provide a piece that he was unable to provide for this horse. And he's just so excited about it. So um, I'm really looking forward to uh, our partnership and um, how he progresses with that. And he's going to chronicle what happens with this horse. And 
um, we're going to kind of get together on the plan. And um, it's just really exciting to see someone like Nishan totally understand what Surefoot is and can do for horses and how much it's going to benefit his horses and all the horses he works with. Um, somebody's asking about cellulitis. Um, uh, again, that's something that I personally haven't because most of the time I'm working with horses that are rideable because as my day job as a riding instructor. Um, but that is something to put out on the fans of Surefoot page. And, you know, we have veterinarians and equine professionals that are using Surefoot that are on the fans page. And it's such a wealth of resource. So Melody, I suggest that you just pop a, pop a question up there on the fans page and say, has anybody... Um, you know, use Surefoot with the horse that has cellulitis and, um, and see what comes back. And we have a number of vets that are out there. And so they might even give you some suggestions. It's such a great place um, to get answers to your questions and a whole lot faster than asking me because um, I get busy in my day. And there's always somebody on Facebook um, watching the fans page and everybody's really generous and offering their time and their suggestions. And they're great suggestions. Um, we have some really wonderful people out there. So um, uh, I would suggest that you go out there and do that. All righty. Um, what else? Let's see. see what else we have that might be of interest today next time i i have a plan oh this was a really interesting little horse i should probably um talk about her uh as a webinar you know as a friday but i'll just give you a little brief intro um on this horse so this was a mustang that someone down in florida um, there was a, I think it was a 90 day challenge to work with a Mustang and, um, you know, see how far you could get in 90 days with your training. Um, and she was a, a really sweet little Mustang, but she was really rather nervous and anxious. And so what we did was we actually put a heart monitor on her and that's what this strap is that you see here. I was curious to see her heart rate. Um, I don't think I ever got to sit down and analyze that data, but that's basically what that strap is, was a heart monitor, um, because I was curious about that. And one of the things that I'm always trying to do is figure out how can we measure um, changes in stress levels. Um, and this was prior to my going to the International Society for Equitation Science meeting in Guelph in 2019. I think, I guess everything was 2019 now because nothing happened last year. Um, and someone did a paper looking at measuring cortisol, heart rate, heart rate variation to determine stress levels in horses. And that's really what I was trying to do at the time was to figure out, um, is Surefoot decreasing stress levels? And to do that, we need some kind of a measure to determine if it is. So I was looking at heart rate at the time. And we took her into the round pen and I just started working with her with the pads loose. And here you can see she's following her mom. Um, then we later put her on a, on a lead, a halter and lead, and she's standing on a half physio pad. Um, and she was a very, uh, she was very nervous and anxious. And so we started with the half physio pad and uh, that's just a little video. I'll just, I'll just play this. I'm not even sure what this video is. 
Um, but you can see how she is standing pretty much as far away from us as she could be in the round pen. Um, curious, but uncertain, right? She's really sweet, but she was definitely had anxiety. Um, and so she, she trusted her mom. She, that was a person that she felt safe with. And so she would gravitate toward her mom. Um, and, and I was a stranger. So, you know, it was about kind of getting her to let me into her space. Um, but we did. And then here, then we started under saddle and here she's on a half physio pad and a firm slant. And um, I was there for, I think, three days. And so we worked with her um, mostly unmounted at first. And then, and you can see here where the neckline is totally different now, but it's come way down from that neckline from higher head carriage. Uh, and so we, I use the same thing behind the half physio pad and the firm slant. And this is just a little video here. You know, you can see as she turns her head, and I'll just take that back because I never know how well it plays for you guys. But watch as she turns her head to the right, how much she leans so far over the left shoulder. And then as her head comes back, she comes back. Um, and the woman working with her was struggling with the canner. Um, so I just switched sides here. But there's nice, she put her head down. Yep, got a nice breathing change, checked in with the pad. So you can see pretty quickly, um, she started checking in with the pad. And I worked with her several times, just curious. Um, um, several times. And then the last day I worked with her under saddle in the arena and we worked on canter. Um, and then I got a report about a week later that she was cantering beautifully when she really, really was struggling cantering with her rider before that. Um, so somebody's asking why a slant on one side and a regular pad on the other trial and error? Probably, um, you know, that was a couple of years ago. So I can't exactly say what my thought process was at that point, but just a, a little change in angle. Um, you know, I have other video of her. Let me just see if I can find it. What I wound up going to in the stall. Yeah, something's happened to the order of my pictures because I don't have that video coming up next. Oh, wait, no, I do. Um, there it is. Let's just get back to screen share. Oh, and I think that this is actually um, like you can, so she had a very big box, which was really great. And you can see that, that we're now getting eye blinks, breathing changes, little tiny sways, deeper breathing, right? And she stepped off of that slant behind, little lick and chew, little head nod, you know, there's a bigger sway. So this is a really big change from what we saw on the first day. I think this is like day three. I think it was four days altogether. And then um, I don't know if it's on this video, but at one point she came off the pads and startled at them because she was still not 
totally clear about what was happening underneath her feet. Um, it seems like in this one, let me just fast forward it a little bit. You can see that there's all the typical signs that we see with the swing. Yeah, it wasn't this video. Let me see if it's the, I think it's this one. So, you know, when you have these more anxious horses, what you have to realize is they can look like they're really enjoying it. Yeah, but I think it's here. Really different also, like before she's the panic off the pad. Yeah, you can see her concern there. She stepped on it and she was not sure. But this was way downgraded from her anxiety um, coming off the pads at another time. So, you know, you can see here when she can't look at her, you can see her face and she's like, uh-oh, there's this other pad. She picks up her foot, sets it down, spins herself around. Is Right here, she's a little concerned because there's pads on either side of her and she's not quite sure. But the you know, the curiosity wins out, the parasympathetic wins out and she puts her head down and blows on each pad and checks it out, right? And so we just let her have that time just to, you know, feel that change in internal chemistry and let her kind of check out the pads. And you can see that kind of little switch there back and forth where it's like, uh, uncertain is it something scary do i need to worry about it to no actually this is kind of nice this is okay um so when you're working with those nervous anxious horses you just always have to be aware that just because they seem to be calming down and everything looks like it's going to be okay they can still have moments where like her she was on she had four pads around her and she came up and she wasn't quite sure whether she was gonna feel trapped or whether she was gonna be okay with it. Um, so it's why it's so important to work in an open environment with horses that show you any level of anxiety whatsoever. Alrighty, well, if anybody has any more questions, just pop it in the chat or the Q&A. Otherwise, I'll bring this to a close. It's been an, um, just great to have you all with me. We've got more fantastic webinars coming up next week. Um, just remember to go sign up for them at the Murdoch Method website and that you can watch this and all the other webinars on the Surefoot Equine YouTube channel. And thank you so much for joining me today and have a fantastic weekend. And Deb, I'll be in touch. Thanks a lot. Bye.